Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Today is Tuesday, January 7th, and the Bruins are getting set to face off against the Predators in Nashville tonight. We'll take some time to tee up that game, as well as open up the mailbag and look around at some news and notes from around the NHL, of which there was a big one in Nashville. Um... As always, I'm your host, Ian McLaren. You can find me at Ian C. McLaren on Twitter. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Please subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts, um, wherever. I don't even know what else there is, but those are the big ones. Um, yeah, thanks so much for taking some time to listen today. Uh, let's get into it with a quick preview of tonight's game against the Predators. Now, as everyone has already heard by now, the Predators will have a different head coach behind the bench. Peter Laviolette, along with associate coach Kevin McCarthy, were fired by the Predators on Monday night. Uh, he had amassed a record of 248, 143, and 60 over five and a half seasons as head coach of the Predators. Uh, he also led the Predator, Predators Predators to the 2017 Stanley Cup Final, which they lost against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they followed that up with a 2018 President's Trophy win. However, the club has fallen off uh, since, uh, mostly due to roster composition issues. Uh, when Roman Yossi as a defenseman is leading your team and scoring by 20 points, uh, you know, there's an issue there. A couple bad contracts on the books, uh, Kyle Turris, uh, most notably, uh, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, also making big money down the middle. Uh, those three guys, uh, not really living up to the billing this season anyways. And, um, Peter Laviolette is paying the price for now. Now, um, here on, Tuesday morning, the Predators have named a new head coach in John Hines, who was recently fired by the New Jersey Devils. Hines becomes the third head coach in Predators history. He has more than 10 seasons of NHL and AHL head coaching experience. Um, General Manager David Poyle said Hines is a bright young coach, a great leader who has a track record of both effectively developing young players successfully motivating veterans. We love his coaching resume, confident that he has learned from every stop during his career and has the best skill set to get the maximum potential out of this team. Hines led the Devils to the playoffs twice during his tenure, uh, including the 2017-18 campaign, uh, during which the Devils finished with 97 points and featured Hart Trophy winner Taylor Hall, who under Hines' watch, recorded a career-high 93 points in 76 games. Uh, he's also overseen the development of Nico Heischer, uh, Jack Hughes under his watch as well this season. Uh, in their press release, the Predators said multiple players have elevated their play under Hines, uh, including Cal Palmieri, um, Adam Henrique, Sammy Vatnin. Um, so, you know... Despite the Devils' struggles this season under Hines leading to his firing, the Predators still believe he uh, is a high-level NHL coach and 
worthy of um, taking over the reins uh, this season. Um, so the Bruins will be facing the Predators under Hines uh, in his first game. He was just named this morning, so there won't be very much, if at all, practice time for the Bruins. Um, sorry, for the Predators in advance of this game against the Bruins. The Bruins come in having lost uh, a couple in a row here, having only won four of their last 15 games, and they'll also be playing in front of their moms as uh, this is part of the annual mom strip. Um, so Bruins, of course, do not want to uh, embarrass themselves in front of their moms. Um, it's the second time the Bruins have had their moms come along for a road game after the inaugural trip in 2017. Uh, the Bruins' dads came along to Nashville in 2018. Uh, Brad Marchand, of his mom, said she's still intense. One of the moms up there that my dad has to quiet her down, tell her to stop yelling. Very intense, always very dedicated. She was often the taxi driver for myself and my friends and my brother getting to our games. Very dedicated, very loud, very lippy. That's where I get it from. So people close to the uh, Bruins mom's box in uh, Nashville can expect to hear some chirps from uh, Marshan's mom. He added, she still texts me before every game, tells me what to do out there. Uh, so kind of fun to have the moms. You can see some pictures of that from uh, the Bruins Instagram account. Uh, Anders Bjork's mom is joining. She said, I'm so excited to be here. Great to meet all the moms and the players up coast. Cool for a rookie's mom to be along. Uh, she's already talked to some moms. We're all on the same page. Excited for our children and all their accomplishments but also sharing all of the challenges and uh, each of the athletes and their families. It's been very nice to make new friends. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool uh, to read about as well. Now, in terms of line combinations for um, the Bruins, there were some changes of note on uh, Monday's morning skate. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, you'll have heard Court Lalonde and I uh, suggest a couple lineup changes one of them included moving Anders Bjork up to the second line. Uh, it looks like that will happen for tonight's game at least. During practice on Monday, we had Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak, of course. On the second line, we had DeBrusque, Krejci, and Bjork. Court and I had kind of tossed about the idea of switching DeBrusque and Bjork, putting Bjork on the left side. Uh, looks like Cassidy is putting Bjork on the right side, along with Krejci and DeBrusque, to um, add some speed on that line. Some skill, certainly. Some defensive responsibility on the right side. Uh, Bjork, <coughs> excuse me, has been really great so far this season. And hopefully that can uh, kick start some production from DeBrusque, who had that awful turnover in the last game. Um, on the third line, it'll be Heinen, Coyle, and Brett Ritchie. Third line, sorry, fourth line, Corrali, Lindholm, Wagner. Uh, looks to be uh, what we'll see there. On defense, Chara McAvoy, Crew Carlo, Moore Grizzlick, and then Rask looks to be starting in net. Joachim Nordstrom didn't make the trip uh, to Nashville. So that's the situation for the Bruins. As I mentioned, they're uh, coming in having only recorded four wins in their last 15 games. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers helped them out last night by beating the Maple Leafs to keep them at bay a little bit, and hopefully the Bruins can pick up 
uh, a point or two in order to extend that lead atop the Atlantic Division. Uh, right now, they're six ahead of the Maple Leafs with a game in hand, uh, seven points ahead of Tampa Bay with uh, the Lightning holding two games in hand on the Bruins. So these teams in blue uh, making up some ground, charging hard, and the Bruins now have an opportunity tonight uh, to add to their lead. Uh, they'll then come home to play the Jets on Thursday with a game against the Islanders to uh, come on Saturday. Uh, but first, tonight's game against the Predators, who again will be playing for the first time under new head coach John Hines. The Bruins looking to spoil that party and to get back on track with a big road win uh, that is desperately needed. It's time now to open up the mailbag, and I received a few questions uh, from faithful listeners that uh, we can dig into right now. The first comes from Zach Brooks at Zach Brooks 29. He asked, where do you see Anders Bjork's long-term spot slash ceiling with the Bruins? Well, I think uh, we can confidently say that the first line is pretty secure. Um, I think being given an opportunity to play on the second line is a good um, kind of audition for him. I think his ceiling is probably that where he can uh, be a responsible two-way scoring winger on the second line. Um, you know, he is a left-hand shot. Ideally, you'd like to see him on the uh, left-hand side, but for whatever reason, DeBrusque has a lock on that, and Bjork is being auditioned on the right side at this point. Um, if, if he's able to um, spark that line, then all the better. Uh, but I think uh, his ceiling is potentially a bit higher than DeBrusque just because of the fact that he is a better two-way player at this point. Uh, DeBrusque had the 27 goals last year. Would have liked to see him take a step forward this season by challenging for 30. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, but I think Bjork's offensive game can uh, be taken to the next level. Parker Smith at BP Smith 9191 asks, what will happen first? Kevin Miller plays another NHL game or Krejci getting a legitimate uh, second line right winger to play with. Um, I would hope, first of all, I hope that Kevin Miller is able to experience a full recovery and make a return to the lineup. It doesn't look like that is on the horizon. If you follow him on Instagram, uh, you'll see that, uh, you know, uh, he's spending a lot of time with his family right now, recovering from injury, hoping that 2020 is better than 2019, but looks like he's taken. Um, steps back in his road to recovery and uh, there's questions as to whether he'll be able to return uh, anytime soon, even this season or next uh, best case scenario at this point would be prior to the deadline. So the Bruins know exactly what they have. They could really use that right hand shot. Uh, a pairing of Grizzly Miller could be really effective. I think uh, over Grizzly Moore with the two left hand shots. Uh, if not, then maybe the Bruins will go out and look for a right hand shot prior to the deadline. Um, but the need at the second line right wing position, we've said it all season long, uh, is is a big one. Um, and I hope that the Bruins can uh, shore up that position sooner than later. 
again, I hope Miller is able to play, but this is a very pressing need that needs to be addressed. Um, Miller's health aside, we saw Ilya Kovalchuk make his debut with the Montreal Canadiens last night. Sure, it's a small sample size. It's one game, but um, Kovalchuk had an assist. He had four shots, six hits, one block shot, 19, 25 minutes of ice time, including 228 on the power play. I tweeted this morning, don't tell me this isn't exactly what the Bruins need at uh, second line right wing. Uh, people come back and say, I'd rather have this player, I'd rather have that player. It's only one game, yada, yada. I I see that. I agree with that. But let's not forget that the Canadians signed him at $700,000, did not have to give up any assets to attain this player. Uh, the Bruins could have signed him for this league minimum deal, given him a shot, see if he could impress, see if he could do it over the course of a few games. If not, cut bait. Um, if so, you still have the assets to be able to acquire another player. Um, bump Kovalchuk down to the third line right wing. Uh, grab an even better player for the second line. There was uh, flexibility there with the nature of his deal. So uh, it's not an either-or situation here. Um, and I really think the Bruins should have uh, given that a look. I don't know if some people mentioned maybe... It was a pride thing. They were after him um, prior to him signing with the Kings. He chose LA. Maybe they didn't want to revisit that, but I mean, that's dumb. You got to do whatever you can to make your team as good as possible. The third question came from, uh, let me pull it up here. Great podcasting, Ian. Uh, Daniel McHolliday-Cheer at Magar Mentions. He asked, have you always been a Bruins fan? Furthermore, what makes you like the team? Uh, I think I've explained this before, but I'll say it again for any new listeners out there. I've been a Bruins fan for about 30 years now. I became a huge fan, uh, particularly during the 1990 Stanley Cup Final against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, my dad at the time was a Bruins fan by way of having... Um, Watched Bobby Orr, uh, a good Ontario boy who many up here um, became a fan of and thereby latched onto the Bruins as a result. Um, so I was a fan because of him. My sister at the time was a major Marc Messier and Edmonton Oilers fan. So I rooted very hard for the Bruins during that uh, run. Also to just be a pest. Um, we all know that the Oilers came on top, but. Um, you know, uh, my Bruins fandom stuck also through Cam Neely um, just uh, being such a great player at the time. He was my favorite. Watching him score all those goals uh, was a great joy. And, and, you know, it just stuck. Why do I continue to cheer for the team? Well, partly, uh, you know, you don't change teams as an adult generally. But also, there's a lot to like about this team no matter what <laughs> – Bruins haters might say, uh, Patrice Bergeron, Zidane Chara, uh, obviously our staples and um, leaders in the NHL have become greatly respected players by anyone around the league. Uh, Brad Marchand's developed into an elite player. David Pasternak is a joy to watch. Uh, there's lots of kids coming up 
that I like to um, root for, McAvoy, Carlo, uh, you name it. There's just a lot of things to like about this team. Um, whatever the, like I said, whatever the haters might tell you, um, it's a fun team. Um, they've developed a pretty solid culture. Uh, Zdeno Chara, um, you know, very much against um, hazing, uh, treating younger players differently than older players. Uh, I really respect that. Um, and yeah, just a great team to watch in. And I don't see myself changing that anytime soon. Although in my time working at the score, I was able to watch several teams around the league and develop uh, an appreciation for um, storylines and players around the NHL, different teams. I wouldn't say I hate any team per se, but the Bruins will always be my first and only true hockey love. It's time now to take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. I mentioned the firing of Peter Laviolette, the hiring of John Hines, uh, Kovalchuk's debut at the Canadiens. Connor McDavid scored uh, just a ridiculous goal against the Maple Leafs last night, kind of embarrassing Morgan Riley in the process. The highlights all over Twitter. If you haven't seen it, uh, do check that out. It was the goal to make it 6-3. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe. Uh, it really needs to be seen to be appreciated. Um, elsewhere, the Coyotes apparently are seeing a, a big increase in attendance and local TV ratings since acquiring Taylor Hall last month. Uh, they're pushing for first place. They definitely look like a play playoff club, and uh, we'll see if that translates into a contract extension for Hall. Uh, there's, you know, we don't really know how he feels about playing there at this point, but seems to be working out definitely for the Coyotes so far. And um, maybe there is a uh, long-term relationship there. Um, Greg Wyshynski, following the Predators' firing of Laviolette, he suggested that uh, there may be some trades ahead for the Predators coming up. Um, they have five picks in the first three rounds of the 2020 NHL draft. Could have upwards of $8 million in cap space. Um, you know, they have some players who could be attractive on the trade market, uh, including Nick Bonino, who has a proven track record. Um, Kyle Turvis, they may want to move unless Hines can get something out of him. Although his um, his contract is quite prohibitive. Um, so we'll see if the Predators have any more uh, moves in the pipeline and how they perform here against the Bruins in their first game under Hines tonight. Um, the Rangers will make... Um, Igor Shesterkin, their first Russian-born goalie to start for them tonight. They now have three goalies on the roster, including, of course, um, Henrik Lundqvist, Alexander Georgiev. Shesterkin is a highly touted prospect, so we'll see if Georgiev's future is perhaps in question um, and what they're going to do with that. Um, Shesterkin is quite successful at the AHL level, and he'll get a chance to play against the Avalanche uh, who were shut out last night by the Islanders, and we'll see them in a back-to-back -back situation here. Um, I think that's pretty much it in terms of rumors du jour to look at. Uh, again, the Bruins keeping their eye on uh, available wingers, and that's going to be a talking point 
from here until the trade deadline, uh, I would expect. So, um, yeah, that's it for today's podcast. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to join. A bit of a quick one today, but we'll be back tomorrow with a full recap of the game against the Predators. And, um, yeah, some news and notes from around the NHL. Maybe update the uh, Atlantic Division power rankings as well. Thank you to all those who took some time to update the, or sorry, to send in some mailbag questions. We'll do that uh, a weekly. Please also take some time to rate and review the podcast if possible. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Please do tell your friends about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast and um, thanks to all those who tune in on a daily or even regular basis. It's very much appreciated. This, again, is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.